Welcome to Getting Behind the Desk, the 12-episode podcast series about the past, present, and future of broadcast journalism. Your host, John Dills, a senior mass communications major at Piedmont University, is going to explore topics relating to what broadcast has grown to be and what we can expect in the future. For this episode of Getting Behind the Desk, I talked to a previous professor at Piedmont University, Jennifer Arbeiter. We discussed the stereotypes of how people see journalists and broadcasters throughout the industry. So what originally piqued your interest in broadcast? Well, I always wanted to do something with television. Even when I was a little kid, I my first job I ever wanted was to be one of the models uh, on The Price is Right. <laughs> and my mom explained to me that there were much uh, more uh, important things a pretty smart girl could do besides smile and point at a washer and dryer. <laughs> so, uh, and then as I got older, I, I had lots of interests. I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to be a lawyer. I even wanted to be an FBI agent for a while. <laughs> and then I, I, I realized that in journalism, you get to do all those things. You get to interview the doctor you get to interview the lawyer you get to go to the crime scene you you know you can do all these things and that's kind of what brought me back to to television and to broadcast journalism you really just like you kind of got a mix of it all I guess and got to share the stories of really everyone yes and you know what I uh discovered that um I had a, a, an affinity for taking someone's story and and making it more understandable for the audience. One of the one of the things that's difficult is that every one of these areas, medicine, law, everybody's got their own jargon and their own language, and you have to be able to convert that into something that's understandable for your audience. So. Uh, I, I found out I was pretty good at that, so it, it, it worked out really well. Well, that's good. I, I know it can definitely be hard for reporters who are just going into the field to know like terms that are used in the medical field or in law, and so I, for you, I'm sure that was very good to know and be able to translate to like a different phrasing, so I, that's wonderful. So can you share with me what it was like for you to be in broadcast? Well, it was a hard business to break into. Um, you know, it's interesting. When you're a student and your professors are telling you, you know, this is a difficult business to break into, a lot of you are not going to find jobs. I mean, they were being honest with us. And I thought, well, no, I'm special. <laughs> <laughs> People, people are going to want to knock down the door to uh, hire me, and that is not what happened. <laughs> so uh, it was it was just like the professor said. It took me about six months to find my first job in broadcasting. Part of the reason was because I um, didn't want to leave the Southeast. I was in a serious relationship with my now husband, and he was still in vet school at the University of Georgia, so I didn't want to go too far away. So I uh, put boundaries on myself. And, and finally I did, I found a job at, uh, the CBS station in Columbia, South Carolina, uh, WLTX. And I was a reporter to start with. I worked Tuesday through Saturday for $13,000 a year. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So, 
Now, this was 1993, but still, in 1993, $13,000 is still no money. Yeah, that so, doesn't get you but, very far, I'm sure. No, no. See, that's in the, I had to have a roommate. My parents were still paying for my car insurance. Um, you know, it was. it's not glamorous, man. People think it's glamorous, but yeah, it's not. It is definitely so, not, no. <laughs> so then, after about six months, just six months that I was uh, working, the morning anchor came in one day and she's like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to be the morning anchor. And the news director turned to me and said, Jennifer, do you want to be the morning anchor? And I'm like, well, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so I got, I got a promotion just six months later and uh, I had to be at work at four o'clock in the morning. And uh, another not glamorous thing. I went to bed at eight o'clock at night. Yeah. Um, and then uh, after about a year of that, the station uh, decided to, to start a new 11 o'clock newscast. So they moved me to that. So I, I was uh, jet lagged for a while until I moved from morning to 11 o'clock. I believe and that. It was, <laughs> yeah, so I worked pretty much every different kind of shift you can have, in, uh, except for straight up overnight. I worked every shift you could have in, in TV at that one job, and I was only there for two years. And then uh, I found out that the company I interviewed I interviewed for a job uh, at the Spartanburg CBS station, and they said we don't think you're right for this job, but our company is taking over a station in Tacoa, Georgia, and I, and that's what I just switched gears. I'm like, you realize that's where I'm from? I'm from Northeast Georgia. I know the area, and so that's how I got the job uh, as a six o'clock anchor in uh, Tacoa at channel 32. And that station served 16 counties in Northeast Georgia. And uh, you're from Northeast Georgia. So you know that yes. the Atlanta stations don't come up here. No, unless no, no. there's some kind of, unless there's a blizzard or some kind of major scandal. Yes. Yep. <laughs> I mean, it was really, it was really an underserved area. And so that was very exciting to create, a new news program for people that I, I know. And so that was great. I worked there for almost 10 years. I, I started out as the six o'clock anchor and then I also became the news director a few years later, which means I was in charge of the news department and hired all the reporters and anchors and trained them. So I retired from, from TV the first time First time I quote unquote retired was in 2004, <laughs> and then Piedmont College called me and said, "We see you're not on television anymore. How would you like to come teach TV?" And I'm like, "Hey, that sounds great." So, <laughs> <laughs> so then I so I was at Piedmont for until uh, 2018, so te teaching uh, their video production classes among other things. Okay, well, I have a few follow up questions to that. So sure. What was it like switching from being a reporter to an anchor so quickly into your career? Oh my gosh, it was um, it was my dream come true. I could not believe, you know, I could not believe I just fell into like my dream job by the age of twenty three. Oh yeah, and, but it was also it was difficult. You know, the morning anchor doesn't get a whole lot of. Supervision. I mean, you come to work at four o'clock in the morning, 
and I didn't have, I didn't have, you know, the big boss wasn't there. I pretty much had to decide for myself what was going to be on the show. And then, you know, as a brand new baby anchor, I was literally like coming at you through the television screen. I was really loud, you know, uh, really, uh, I talked too fast. I thought I sent one of, I sent one of uh, my tapes to my former professor at the university of Georgia to get some feedback because like I said, the morning anchor, you kind of in your, your own little Island. Yeah. And he said, Jennifer, he said, you don't look like a television anchor. You look and sound like someone playing one in a movie. <laughs> And all of a sudden, it clicked. I knew exactly what he was saying. I was trying to project this gravitas and and be loud and, like, pay attention. I'm serious. And it all kind of settled in after. Like, I, I, I felt I got comfortable in myself and comfortable being on camera. And uh, you realize you really do have to treat the camera as though you're talking to just a regular person. I am not standing there with a megaphone broadcasting. (laughs) I'm trying to talk to people and get them to understand what I'm saying. So it, it, that was the best. It is so funny that your podcast is about like how broadcasting is portrayed in movies and TV, because I knew exactly what he meant when he said, you look like somebody playing an anchor in a movie. Oh <laughs> uh, wow! So later in uh, in your career, you moved into that station in Tacoa. What was yes. that like serving the audience that you really kind of knew personally compared to being at another station in South Carolina? I think this is a good thing because I don't think that a lot of journalists take into account that the people you're talking about are real people, right? Yeah. And so uh, sometimes my employees would think that I was kind of a wuss because I wasn't always, you know, going for the going for the throat. And I'm like, listen, you're going to run into this person on the street. Yeah. And can you tell them, can you tell them why you wanted to go with this angle? That's why you wanted to to report it this way instead of instead of uh, this way. I'm not saying that we weren't reporting what was actually happening, but I'm saying context and the angles that you choose and the, and the and the the way you report something is important. And For sure. and and it, so that makes a big difference when you are when you're likely to run into this person. Can you explain to them why you did it this way? Just, you can't say just because, just because I'm a journalist and I have the right to do this. Well, sure you do. But this person is probably never going to talk to you again. And you've burned a bridge that you can't repair. So uh, I, I, I think that it brought a level of, I like to think anyway, that it brought a level of compassion to the reporting that I think was, and you certainly lacking now. Yeah. Um, in, in broadcasting. So, well, I, I'm, I'm trying not, I'm trying not to pat myself on the back too hard, but that is one of the things you have to think about when you are doing quote unquote, doing journalism in a small town is that you, you, you have to balance all these things and it's not just a one and done. I mean, it's not like the Atlanta station's coming up here and blowing up somebody's life and then going back home. Yeah. Yeah. And I can, <clears throat> I, I'm sure is, 
um, I can think about multiple different situations where stations have kind of really like reported on something big that can hurt someone up here and just leaving. I'm sure you can think about multiple different stories yourself where that's happened. Oh, sure. Yeah. So into our topic today, there's this misconception from movies that people in the media kind of live this life of glory and they're really (laughs) almost stars themselves. So did, did you ever feel like people would look at you like you were a star or was that completely out of the question? You know, it's funny. It's not like, I'll tell you a couple, uh, tell you a couple different stories. It's not like we're a star. It's like we're your friend. And people feel like if, 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 you know, people felt like that they knew me, like really knew me because here I am in their house on a regular basis. Um, when I was, when I was first hired, um, and training in, in South Carolina, I went out on a story with, and, and this is, this will tell you how small the station was, even though it's the capital of South Carolina, the story, I went out with the weather woman, our, our, <laughs> our, our weather caster. She also occasionally reported news because sometimes we, we needed her to. So it was, it was this, um, there's a story about, it was a drive-by shooting and luckily, no one was killed. But you know, we were going over to these people's houses where their 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 house had been shot up. And uh, I was like, Camille, how are we going to get them to talk to us? He, she's like, You'll see. And so <laughs> we, knock, we knock on the door, and they open the door. I'm like, Oh my God, Camille, come in. Let me show you what's going on in our house. You're not going to believe it. Somebody shot up our house, and they're pointing. They're pointing out all the bullet holes, and it's just like they've just known Camille their whole lives. And she just literally knocked on their door. They've they've never met in person, but oh. they've been watching. They've been watching her on TV for for 15 years, and they're like, "Hey, oh my God, it's Camille!" So uh, it's not like we're stars. It's more like we're your friends, and and people. I have to tell you, I am glad that I got out of television news before social media because people would say the craziest things to my face. <laughs> I can't imagine what they would say behind a keyboard. I've had people tell me, um, most of the time people were nice, but sometimes people would say, uh, I had, I, I was in a, um, I, I was out and some, uh, a woman asked me, are you pregnant? And I said, no. She said, well, you look like it on TV. <laughs> are you serious <laughs> no I'm, I'm deadly serious i cannot believe and, someone said that oh no yeah it's, it, but then you know after i got uh married uh people would stop me on the street want to see my wedding ring um you know when i had my son my my oldest son they wanted to see baby pictures you know it's 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 like i they know me we even if they don't so I wouldn't call it I wouldn't call it being a quote unquote star because stars people are are, are not going to just walk up to them and say you know they're they're going to be in awe not going to be like uh, here's another one somebody asked me if I had a glass eye are you serious I'm serious one of oh my, my eyes gosh. is slightly big. yeah one of my eyes is slightly bigger than the other and so sometimes in, on different camera angles 
it would be really pronounced. And I, I had someone ask me if I had a glass eye. Would you Would you walk up to Brad Pitt and ask him if he had a glass eye? I don't think so. Oh, my gosh. Good. You know, you say that, and now that's going to happen to me, too, because one of my eyes is just slightly bigger than the other. Yeah, yeah. Watch out for watch out for unflattering camera angles, buddy. <laughs> if someone asks me if I have a glass eye, I'm just going to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. So there's another misconception that there's a lot of competition within the newsroom between reporters who want to produce a story. So what forms of competition have you experienced in the newsroom? And does this really compare to competition between news stations or no? I think that the two stations that I worked at were too small for that. We're all just trying to get a show produced, you know, For sure. Um, that, that, that the reporters were not really competing among themselves now when I was in college I interned at a television station in Atlanta and I saw a little more of that like I I saw like the pitch or you know the pitch meetings with the news director and you know people kind of jockeying because they wanted to get that story that's going to hit and at the top of the show you know they wanted to get to have the more important quote-unquote important story but in a small station, we're just trying to get everything done. So yeah, uh, I didn't I didn't see that kind of competition. Certainly, there's a lot of competition among television stations and other even other outlets like the radio station or the local newspaper. And so uh, you would see more of that competition among you know the outside uh, instead of within the station walls. Yeah, and I. I just have to ask because being from, you know, the northeast corner of Georgia, was there a lot of competition when you were at the station in Tacoa? Um, not really, because you know most of the newspapers uh, were once a week or twice a week, so you know it wasn't like we were trying to scoop the newspapers very much. Um, and only a few of the the radio stations did local news, so. We were kind of our own little island. It was it was interesting. We were the only one. We were really the only ones doing what we were doing. You know, the, the, we're none of the Atlanta stations were around unless it's something horrible. The most yeah. competition we saw, the most competition we saw from other stations, had to do with sports. Oh really? Um, yeah. When you know, it, uh, we covered the University of Georgia. We covered. Um, Clemson, we covered Georgia Tech. Uh, so yeah, that's when you that's when our sports guys got to see more of more competition than uh, anybody else because they were they were actually covering the big you know in addition to the high schools and the smaller colleges that we covered, we covered some the big schools. So we would they would see the big stations there. That I I did not expect there to be competition between sports you know i i assumed news would have some sort of competition from stations in atlanta especially when there's something big happening but i did not expect sports to have competition in stories that's yeah. <laughs> wow so what movie have you seen that is the closest to an accurate portrayal of what it's like to be a reporter on television I would say, and this is an oldie, an oldie but a goodie, but it was very much like what I went through, you know, with the, the deadline pressure, and that would be broadcast news. 
and it it stars Holly Hunter and William Hurt, who just passed away. Um, but it 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 starts with a, a like a montage of this woman running through the the building with a video like a videotape in her hand. That's how old it is. She's trying to get the videotape to the station in uh, in time for the broadcast. That's, that's <laughs> That's still my my recurring nightmare is that it's six o'clock, the show is starting, and I'm not there for some reason. Um, to this day, to this day, I haven't, <laughs> been on TV, I haven't been on TV since 2004, and to this day, if I'm stressed out, I either dream that the teleprompter is in a language I don't speak, <laughs> or or it's six o'clock, the show is starting, and I'm like, it could be I'm still in the bathroom trying to get my makeup on, or or I've been kidnapped and I'm tied up, but I can hear the theme music playing for the newscast, <laughs> and I know the show is starting, and I'm not there. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Have you ever had the teleprompter actually switch languages on you? Oh no, no. Okay. But I, had... <laughs> I did have one time. Um, we got this. Uh, this was in Colombia. We got this new software. We got this new software. And our, my, I was starting the 11 o'clock newscast, and our producer could, could log in from home and look at the script. And so he, he, is, he, he logged in at some point during the evening and typed all these notes in the script. And he thought he had done it using the font that wouldn't show up on the teleprompter, uh, but no. So as the <laughs> teleprompter is rolling, all of a sudden I see Jennifer. I would not have started with this story. I think I would have used the second story first. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, snap. So I had to just look. The teleprompter was useless. I had to just look down and read the scripts off. The, you always have the paper copy of the scripts just in case. Oh, yeah. So, but, oh, my yeah. gosh. <laughs> you, should, you should not have started with this story. You should have started with the second. I'm like, holy guacamole. Luckily, oh. I'm not I'm not Ron Burgundy. I won't read anything that shows up on the town. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just, once I saw those, that, that weird stuff show up, I just looked down and started reading the paper. Oh, it's, it's very funny that you also said Ron Burgundy because the title of this episode <laughs> is The Anchorman, but not the movie. Ah, <laughs> oh, good. Okay. So I, I, am, I am coming in clutch with references to uh, <laughs> the show title. Oh gosh, I I can't imagine what what it would have been like seeing different text on the teleprompter. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that that was uh, that was wild. You know, like obviously Ron Burgundy will just read what is on the teleprompter in the movie, <laughs> but to to do that in real life, <laughs> can you imagine if you had said Jennifer, I would have not. <laughs> oh right. I mean, that would, I would have sounded like a lunatic. <laughs> uh, but that's the, that's the key. I mean, it's so funny. I, people thought, they said, what, what is your work day like? Do you go in at about five? I'm like, uh, no, I am there from 10 until till seven. I said, it takes us, you know, eight hours to produce this newscast. I don't just go in and read it. I, ha I have assigned the stories. I have written stories. I have revised stories. So that's part of the key is knowing what the story is supposed to say. Yeah. You know, you, you should never, you should never sit down uh, behind the anchor desk unless it's breaking news. You should know exactly what's supposed to be happening so that you can adjust when weird things happen. Cause weird things do happen. 
Oh, I had yeah. a contact lens. I had a contact lens fall out during the news. Oh I, my gosh! Uh, <laughs> I got food poisoning one time. And in, in the, the middle of a newscast. In the middle of the news. Luckily, um, the weather the weatherman was on, and I turned to my co anchor and I said, "Listen, I I feel really bad. I I think I think I might throw up." And he said, "For God's sake, get out of here!" <laughs> so I left. I left. <laughs> and so they come back. They come back to the two shot, which is supposed to be the two anchors after the weatherman. And Chuck says, "Jennifer had to leave. We'll just continue the show." And I, I did not, I barely made it out of there before I was throwing up. I was legitimately food poisoned. And so you just have to be ready to roll with whatever on, on live, on live television. So you, you have to know, you have, you, you try to get rid of as many surprises as you can. But you cannot so get that, rid of the threat of food poisoning. No, no. So yeah, in case the teleprompter goes crazy, in case your contact lens falls out, whatever you have to if you know what's supposed to be happening, it's not going to be as bad as, as it could be. So To the contact lens thing, was it noticeable that it was falling out on camera? No, luckily there was video. Video was playing. Oh, okay. Uh, and, not, and I'm not blind as a bat, so I could still make out most of what the teleprompter said after the contact lens fell out. I have had contacts fall out before, and it is... I don't know that I could have kept talking through that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. All right. Well, that was all of the questions for this episode. I want to thank Miss Jennifer Arbeiter for joining me today on this episode of Getting Behind the Desk. Thank you for listening to Getting Behind the Desk with John Dills. Look for a new episode each week highlighting different perspectives of broadcast journalism from the past, present, or future. 